Yo, it's great to have you with us here again at Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, a couple of dudes who are obsessed with Guy Fieri's Chicken Guy Restaurant, <laughs> oh discuss movies, TV shows, music, or anything we, anything we think you guys might like to listen to. So don't forget to follow and subscribe to our podcast and email us any suggestions or questions you have for us at gopressplay2 at gmail.com or send us a DM at, at where? Pressplay AR. Yeah. At a brain fire. I was thinking about the old handle. What was the old handle? It doesn't matter because we don't use it anymore. <laughs> That's gopressplay, the number two at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to be going over the three movie trailers, The Secret Garden, Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, and The Turning. We also saw the movie Joker, and we are dying to tell you what we thought of it. Oh yes, it's very interesting, and after all that nutritious goodness, Riz fill you in on the music and movies that are out this week, and as always, we play Six Degrees of Separation and our fact of the week, so stay tuned for that. Woo-woo. So how was your week? It was awesome. A little wet the last couple days. Traffic has been horrid, but... I'm home now, and we're chilling and doing a podcast, so this is this is yeah. one, one of my many happy places. Oh yes, it was a very busy week for me as well, but glad it's over, and I'm happy because I had some sushi for dinner tonight, so whenever there's sushi... You're happy. I'm there, yes, as always. Yep, so we're going to go straight into uh, some quick news? Or... Oh yeah. Alright, so we watched not one but two episodes. We got caught up on American Horror Story. Yes. Uh, and a lot of twists going on. So many twists and turns, we didn't know where to look. So let's, well, let's just get right into the, what was the very first twist uh, that, oh shoot, what was the first twist? Oh, Nurse Rita. Is not Nurse Rita. Nurse Rita is not Nurse Rita. She uh, is a psychologist that's obsessed with serial killers and broke Mr. Jingles out of jail. Yeah. uh, Seems like she has been studying serial killers for for many years now. It was, uh, you know, it was a it was a good twist. I kind of, was kind of expecting stuff like that. I remember you saying in maybe the first episode that you were surprised that they revealed the killer, and I said there there's probably going to be more twists. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was surprised about that, but it caught me by surprise and, uh, about Nurse Rita. And they got into her history in that in that episode. But I don't well. think it's it's completely revealed because. Oh yeah. The next episode, they're gonna be digging more into into her true character. We'll we'll get we'll get to that in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we find out that there was well there was a lot of running around in the episode, and I think uh, the um, Deshaun Williams or was that his name the the African American character. Oh, Deron. Deron, yeah he uh, he accidentally murdered someone. Everyone has a past. And he lost his head, so his story's over. Oh yeah. well, I assume unless he comes back as a spirit, and then we. Find... I was surprised that he died. 
You know, I, as we were, the beginning of that episode, it, I was looking at the guest starring credits, and... He was moved? No, he was never in the opening credits. He, oh. It was guest starring, uh, whatever the, the actor's name is. I'm like, who is that? And you're like, oh, that's that's the African-American guy. And I'm like, hmm, hmm. why, hmm, he's gonna die. And uh, he lost his head in that very episode, so... And then the other, the other big twist of that episode, the I don't Richard, the other serial killer that's based off a real serial killer, yes, uh, attacked Billy Lord's character, and then all of a sudden she stops him and they start making out, and then she's like, "Why haven't you killed uh, Brooke yet?" And that was the big twist to end the episode. And that leads up to the second ep- uh, the second episode that we watched where we find out that they met at her dance studio. Right. Very well, I think he was he was feeling whatever devil devilish calling music that she was using for her her Billy aerobics. Idol? Billy Idol was Billy Idol like double music? I don't know. I guess at that generation, parents thought that was, it was. I was four in 1984, so maybe. I don't know. Uh, but he was feeling his oats, and he kind of, I guess, was attracted to her, and he murdered someone for her. And instead of her freaking out, she she was turned on. And you know? I think it dawned on her that that was the perfect way to get back at yet another twist. At Brooke, she was the sister... Well, we didn't mention in a previous episode, there was a whole Brooke background where she was getting married, and, you know, they get up to... Or she gets up to the altar with her her groom, and then the groom accuses her of cheating cheating on him with her with his best man. So the groom ends up killing the best man and then shooting the priest, I think? Or no, shooting, shooting the priest the and then the best... No, the best man... Well... That's the brother, but we're that's I'm getting to that. He shot the priest as well. He shot the priest as well. Yes. Oh shit! And he then he then he killed him. I think he shot the priest and then he he killed the brother. Well, that's the spoiler. No, that's the spoiler. he killed the dad. Her dad. Remember, he was coming up to the altar. Maybe. And then I, he shot him I'm pretty dead. Pretty sure the priest got shot too. We gotta rewatch it. I, I'm. I'm. Yeah. Okay. I think. Well, I I do remember the dad got shot. So I think I, a lot of people got shot. Um, but then he killed himself, so it turned out Billy Lord's character is the brother of... Is the uh, sister of the... Is the sister of the best man who was killed, and she thinks that Brooke was lying about sleeping with him because she swore up and down, and you know what, she probably did sleep with him, let's be honest. Maybe. Uh, I think so. It's American Horror Story. Yeah. So, um, so she... And an interesting thing I think I mentioned to you is this dog licking my back. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. the the interesting thing that I mentioned to you was that you know this this season started out you have two serial killers which is interesting going to the camp, um, and it turns out that in that last episode with the Billy Lord twist yeah. that basically they were being controlled or behind the scenes by a female character which uh which I kind of liked, you know. Um and then we kind of get on to the the next twist uh with Mr. Jingles um who we find out that he's not even a 
psychotic person in the first place. They made him into a psychotic he, person. Yeah, he is now. He wasn't. He didn't actually. Uh, and it was murder everyone. so stupid. The reason why because. Well, she's psychotic. It's not. It's not just because I thought it was so silly. It's not just because people were making fun of her. It was because she was. She's. She's the psychotic one. She's the serial killer. Uh, the camp counselor, played by Mary Cherry or Leslie Grossman, <laughs> I call her. I'll always call her Mary Cherry. Uh, turned out to she was like the one survivor in 1970. Mm-hmm. And remember, I kind of said that some there's something different. Maybe she made a deal with the devil in the last yeah, episode. But she made a deal with God. Well, no. Well, <laughs> she was there praying when so, Mr. Jingle walked in. Uh, in the, like, she made a deal with the devil back in the 19, in 1970 when we thought that. Oh. Yeah. So she, she didn't make a deal with anyone. Okay. She basically framed Mr. Jingle. She mur- she's the murderer. And she's a psychotic, which, again, I like because you don't see a lot of female killers in these types of scenarios. Or So I'm, I'm kind of thrilled about it. Both psychotic. You have Angelica Ross's character, too, who that's but pretty neurotic. She's, she's crazy, but she didn't murder anyone. She kidnapped the real Mrs. Rita, but she... She left her alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mr. Jingles killed the real Mrs. Or was it Mrs. Jingles? Mr. Jingles? Or was it Richard? That died? Uh, that killed Nurse Rita. The real Nurse Rita. It was uh, Leslie Grossman's character. Killed the real Nurse Rita? I don't in know. The, in, the, um, in the boathouse? Remember they found her tied up with, with tape and she wouldn't stop screaming and Mr. Jingles came along and yeah. heard them. So I, I, think, I think that was a great twist. Uh, and I don't think she just killed them because, you know, she was being made fun of. She's she's a psycho, you know? She, psychos just like to kill people, which I like. I, I think it's an interesting twist. But the, the twist that I wasn't so thrilled about... Was we got paranormal activity. Mr. Richard was killed by by Mr. Jingles. Uh, Very. Yeah, he got orally the, a tree through the back of his head into his mouth or a tree branch. And in the at the the big twist in the end of the episode, he was ra- risen up supposedly by the devil. So it's another devil season. Yay! Mama Rita would not be happy again. No, she'll be like Richard. Richard, you need what to am take I this watching? out of the house, and let's get Father Thomas in here real quick. Well, to bless the house. Okay. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm liking the twists. I'm not thrilled that it it's not just a straight up slasher, but I kind of I kind of expected it. I think in the last two episodes that we watched, it was so many twists and turns. But I guess you have to try to find a way to fit it in somewhere yeah well um it seems like the viewers interested it seems like this whole thing is being taken uh place in just one night and i feel like the end of the season the funny slap stick part is like all the kids show up the next day and there's (laughs) bloody people and they're like oh my god i'm scarred for now for for life i need therapy for years or like that simpsons uh halloween episode where they wheel the dead kid into the kindergartner's room (laughs) (laughs) that was fantastic 
All right, so, but yeah, I'm still looking forward to continuing on with this, we'll tell this you what crazy we guys ass think so camping far. journey. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, the next quick news we have is that Spider-Man is coming back to the MCU. If you guys haven't noticed, like I've said in many, many podcasts before, uh, there has been some quarrel between Sony and MCU mm-hmm. about Spider-Man to the point where... Sony said to MCU, you know what? You ain't getting shit anymore. And reserved all the rights back completely. Um, Is there anything you want to say? Excuse me. Um, You know what? I'm happy either way. I kind of would have been interested to see just just a standalone outside of the MCU Spider-Man movie. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm fine with them doing another another one with the MCU. Either way, I'm going to see it. Yeah, I when I heard this news, whether it was going to be reverted completely back to Sony or back to MCU, I was super indifferent with it. So, hey, kudos for those MCU stands that live and breathe, eat shit, and do anything MCU. So I'm sure you all must be happy about that. I think I have a feeling I know what's under this tape. I might have read something. <laughs> the tape? He blocked something off of our little, uh, yeah, little script here. So. Yeah, I print out a script for us, or a, a loose script, and I didn't have whiteout, or I couldn't find a pen. So in, for him to not see what I have in the quick news section, I used electrical tape. Blocked electrical tape. Okay. <laughs> so so what, what's the big news? Sony is looking to sell He-Man to Netflix. That. I have not heard of. Okay, yeah. I didn't even know that Sony had the had the rights. Yeah, it seems oh, wait, like wait. it was already shot. Right? Was the movie already shot, and they want to sell sell the actual movie to air on Netflix? That part I didn't read. I I, I thought it was in development for a long time. I know that they have a cartoon show in the works that Kevin Smith is behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is currently being in the works, but I think this is just movie based or the movie franchise. Uh, they're selling that right to, or they're trying to sell that right to Netflix. Cool. I, I hope they do a good job with it. I hope they stay closer to the to the animated uh, show that I grew up on, and not that the crazy ass Masters of the Universe movie that they did release in the I early. I don't remember 90s. that. Uh, didn't they do know. one recently no uh or a show it might have been it might, I, I thought they already released the cartoon or i think or maybe they just released sequels to the cartoon or not sequels the the original cartoon on netflix but we'll see Hope, hopefully it goes well they're also what else i didn't straight to i didn't grow grow up with human that was before my time my brother had the skull castle that i think i think it was the skull castle um i was very jealous i mean i was able to play with it but i was still i wanted but he had some rules and regulations in terms of conditions awesome (laughs) as every sibling rivalry goes it's it's all good i'm over it uh the next uh, news that we have. News? Oh yeah, we have Uh-oh. we have some more. Oh, there is a lot of electrical. Tape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The actor, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, is Jaha Abdul Mateen, who was the Black Mantis in Aquaman. Okay. Landed the lead role in the new Matrix 
uh, sequel for the, Matrix 4. The lead role. So a lead role. A lead role. Okay. I want to point that out. Thank, because... thank you. Because when I read the the article, when I read it, or I did the research, which I read the article. Yeah. <laughs> it, it said in a lead role. Okay. Because if Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss aren't the leads, I'm not there. I don't care. You're going you're gonna, to... I mean, they're already supposedly dead in the Matrix universe well you're not gonna get me back in that movie movie theater to kill them off in the first five minutes and then someone else is gonna take over rumors has it rumor has it uh that there is going to be a past in this movie and there's going to be someone playing young morpheus not sure if this particular actor is I just had crazy deja vu. Really? At like that exact moment that you told me that. Awesome. Of talking about the Matrix and Young Morpheus. Oh, okay, that'd be cool if you played Young Morpheus. Yeah, so the article didn't say that he is playing Young Morpheus, but there's rumors that there is going to be a a past in awesome. the movie. Can't and more about Mr. Abdul Mateen. He is cast in the new Candyman movie. Oh wow. Yeah. And it is going it sounds like it's going to be like a soft reboot because <laughs> I'm not sure if I sh- should be laughing but uh, the story takes place in the same place that Candyman terrorized. I don't I've never seen the movie Candyman. The only thing That's I scary. remember <laughs> is a cop? No, not a cop. Someone going inside like the projects, like a woman. Yeah. And then uh, a man is in the front, and then he yells upstairs, "There's a cop coming up!" And then she goes upstairs. Maybe I'm talking about an- another movie. I'm not sure. I I just remember. Is it Virginia Madsen who was who was the female star in that movie? Uh, I just remember <laughs> a lot of gratuitous nudity. Uh, and then it was just scary as hell. Like, you know, anything... It was like the um, Bloody Mary. It was basically based on Bloody Mary. Uh, I think you say say his name to a mirror and he appears to you with a hook and then murders you. So he takes... The story uh, takes place in the same neighborhood, but the neighborhood has been gentrified. 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 Yes. Okay. And it's posh now, so... Huh. It's going to take place there. So that's why I, like I say that it idea. sounds like a soft reboot. I like that um, idea. Very cool. I like that too. It sounds like a little comedy can be in there. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, that's all with that you have for the quick news. I have one more little quick news. Oh, go for it. That supposedly Disney is about to announce. I told you a little bit about this today. A new Buffy show. Oh, yes. And the article that I read, and this is like an inside thing, so it's not confirmed, was that it was just going to be called Buffy. And it's not going to be a new new character playing the original, you know, the original Buffy. It's basically the fact since Buffy was like this amazing slayer and, you know, uh, did so much. And... Uh, Inspired many women. Yeah, and basically saved the world so many times. She was like a legend. So instead of the Slayer being called and them calling her the Slayer, they'll just call her the new Buffy, which Um, is an interesting twist. So it's gonna it's gonna be in the same universe. There's a word for that. We'll look it up. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure. Um, Instead of it, I mean, instead of it being like a whole reboot. 
you know, having Buffy, a new Buffy, a new Xander, a new Willow, it's going to be the new, the new Slayer, the new Buffy, and it'll be a different character in different situations. Which... And do you think that's going to be on Disney Plus? Oh, then that's that's the next part of the thing that supposedly the rumors are that it will premiere next spring in 2020, even though it hasn't started shooting next spring in 2020 on Disney Plus. Oh, wow. That's so, cool. We're going to get into our next segment. Movie trailers. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> the first trailers that that we saw is the reboot or remake of the 1993 film The Secret Garden. It is going to be released April 15th on Tax Day 2020. Uh, the cast includes Colin Firth, Maeve Dermoody, Julie Walters, Dixie Egerichs, Hema Powell, or Gemma Powell with, with a J. I think G is, is Hema. Or it could be Gemma. Maybe. Amir Wilson, and it's directed by Mark Munden. Munden, okay. And the synopsis is a young bratty girl sent to her uncle's chateau in England, or in the English countryside, after her parents' death and discover a magical hidden garden. Hmm. When I first heard about this movie, I squealed like oh a little schoolgirl. It was part of your childhood, right? Yes. It was part of me and my sister Kelly's childhood. We watched this movie over and over again. And the original, you mean? Yes. So what, what year did that come out? 1993. 1993. Yeah, 93. Um, and the movie, the original movie, the girl, I'm not sure if they're following this, but the girl is... Um, orphaned by her parents uh, when they die in India. But that whole oh, okay. scene takes place there. Okay. Uh, she's hiding under the bed and her parents die in like this attack. Right. So she is very rich, very bougie girl from, you know, Westchester or Coral Gables, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's sent to England and there's a scene where she is waking up in the morning and she wants to get changed and she puts her hands up to someone to change her. And the person's like, uh, no girl, you change yourself. <laughs> and she's like, what, what life was I just dropped into? <laughs> and, uh, it's her uncle's countryside and she's super spoiled, super, as I put there, super bratty until she meets, uh, a kid, um, He's bedridden, right? Well, she meets two. She okay. first meets one boy who's uh, like the gardener's son. Okay. And she, when she finds the garden, spoiler alert. <laughs> she finds a secret garden? Yes. Really? With a key. She introduces it to the, to the boy. And through the boy, she learns how to be more humble and learn about nature and the garden and all that stuff. Um, and then she meets the boy, and in the boy's story arc is that he's bedridden, he has some sort of, like, disease, he shouldn't leave, everything that he touches, he's super allergic, but the little girl's like, no girl, he has to be free, he has to be independent, and he can do whatever he wants if he puts his, you know what, noggin into it. So he's, he starts going out with them, and there was a little love triangle fiasco there, 
I don't know between who or who or I don't know who she picked, but I forgot My that part. My money's on the the kid in the bed. Maybe be, he does. Uh, spoiler alert. He does learn how... I'm going to do that every time. Okay. Spoiler alert. Well, I mean, that's for the old movie, so you haven't seen it by now. I'm sure this one's completely different. Yeah, right? super. <laughs> um, he does learn how to walk. Oh, okay. Is uh, that due, due to the secret garden? I think... or to, well, I want to get into that okay. in a bit. Um, so the, that scene is the kids are coming up the hill to the house and all the servants and the uncle is there and sees the kid walking and they're like, holy fuck. <laughs> um, and then there's a man in a horse at the end and I kind of don't remember what happens in the end. So I'll probably uh, see that. I think it's in one of the streaming services. Okay, yeah. So my experience with the original movie, I never watched it until I met you, Augie. Uh, and one night you just wanted to put it on and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a movie from my childhood. And I remember her, you know, going to the house and meeting the kid in the bed and falling asleep. Yeah. To fall asleep. (laughs) So that's all. And in the trailer, they do show, um, show her meeting the kid in the bed. And I'm like, oh wait, that's. I did see part of this. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, Z's, you know, you know. <laughs> so in the reboot now, the reason now I'm going to get talk, talk to you about how did he learn how to walk when he meets the first when she meets, I'm sorry, the first boy, the movie talks about like growing and uses the garden as a reference and to nurture yourself and to nurture those around you and together you guys can grow and you don't have to be so bratty and that's how she learns to be humble so it's through the garden and the attentiveness of it and the attentiveness of yourself it what it's what makes you a beautiful flower oh so when i saw this this trailer I was completely blown away by the amount of CGI. Those wa- I do remember the ruins at the end of the trailer. That part I remember. I remember, yes, ruins and when I saw or the little part that I saw. Um, because there's a part of the secret garden from the original movie that leads out into the open countryside. Um, I think, and I think that's where she meets the man in a horse. The horse. Um, if you guys know what I'm talking about, tell me how that movie ends, please. Email us or or send us a DM. And yeah, so it was super CGI, super, um, what's the word? Opulence. Opulence. <laughs> um, I feel like we're so oversaturated with CGI. And I feel like that's, everything. that's really bad because... They, I think they've, they've gotten super lazy, you know? They, it's they what could... the viewers want. The viewers are visual stimu- stimulus. So, I mean, I mean, this these sets can be created, you know? But we'd rather have, like... A green basic, screen. Well, basically, actors walking around in a cartoon. It's it's the opposite of... Uh, I don't think... Well, it was 93. I'm sorry to interrupt you. The opposite of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where cartoons are walking around in the real world. It's now humans walking around in cartoon worlds, you know? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, baby. It's cool. (laughs) I lost my train of thought now because I feel awkward now. (laughs) So, uh, we're going to see this movie in the theater? 
Um, maybe not because I'm sort of disappointed of it. With the trailer? Yeah. Oh, I remember now what I was going to say. Okay, good. Back in 93, I didn't think there was much CGI because, again, it was all about helping that garden grow through through them, you know? And that's how you learn. You know, it wasn't like this Fantasia world or it was, it was beautiful. It was ethereal, I guess, but it wasn't like Alice in Wonderland-ish. You know, I, yeah. well, she I, never went through a slide. I I think I don't know. I, I don't think there was. I don't think CGI became that popular until like the early. It's aughts, what late I was 90s, trying to or the, trying like to the say, Matrix yeah. started kind of started that crazy, or maybe it was around the Matrix time. Yeah, but I don't think. Yeah, like we've lost like really good set design to CGI, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, it's you know what big. Sh- that design was really big. Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. With Angelina Jolie and Ewan McGregor. Never seen that it. That was... I think it was so big, the news, that I think it was like 90% of the movie was all green screen. It was like about like uh, steampunk and like the oh, okay. early 1930s and, and the, the blimps. And it, you know what? It kind of works for some movies that like specifically do it. Sucker Punch is a movie that that it's specifically supposed to look like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I what? So what do you think? Are we gonna see this one in the theater? Yay or nay? Uh, theater nay, but we can watch it in the when we get it in DVD probably. Sweet. Or you Netflix probably. Or Netflix. All right, I'm down. Um, at least it's uh. A little bit of your childhood to relive. Of course. Kind of like when I went to see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It wasn't about the movie. It was about... Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) We The next show that we watched was Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. This one's set to be released February 27th, 2020. The cast includes uh, Margot Robbie returning to the role... uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I love. Journey Smollett-Bell. Uh, let's not mention her brother. Ewan McGregor. Yay. Ooh, Rosie Rosie Perez. Love her. I like her too. Ali Wong and Bojana no- no- Novakovic. Boja- Bojana no- Novakovic. It's directed... Oh, yay. We have a female director for this female cast movie. Kathy Yan. Is, or Yan directed it, and she also directed Dead Pigs, whatever whatever that was. I'll, I'll look that up later. It is about after splitting up with Mister J, she joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. I'm assuming the evil crime lord is Ewan McGregor. <laughs> This, the plot, and, or as as we say a lot in this podcast, the formula, reminds me a lot of Rush Hour. Yeah. With Jackie Chan and uh, Chris Tucker. The okay. whole saving a girl from, like, an evil mob. But it's just flashy and bright and cheeky and seasoned with, with what comic books and any movie goer today is into right now. Yeah, which is which I like. I like the flashiness. Uh I although I I like 
Margot Robbie in this Harley Quinn. I think she's she's, she's no, a she's, little better. She's a, amazing. No, she was one of the highlights of the first movie, mm. and, and I like the first movie a lot. I'm I'm one of the very few. Or I don't know if you liked it or not. It was entertaining. It was all right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, she's she's fantastic in this role, and uh, it looks like she's the only returning. Uh, this is like a like a side sequel, I guess. Uh, the one thing I really didn't like about the trailer is why call it why call the movie Birds of Prey at all? Just call it Harley Quinn because she's literally in like the the main character. She's in the entire trailer. I think there's a comic of Birds of Prey. Oh, I, think... I know. Like, why don't they? Why? Oh, why don't, don't they the focus movie... on the rest of the the females? Like, they touched upon it briefly, but it's supposed to be Birds of Prey. I remember the the old show it was awful. <laughs> um, but it, it uh, I think the original. I get what you mean. Yeah, it was uh, like Barbara Gordon was one of the Birds of Prey in that show. Uh, like four female led movie is more interested than more interesting to me than a Harley Quinn movie. They should or they should have just called it Harley Quinn because that's what it is. It's a Harley Quinn movie. I agree. Now that you put it into that perspective, I'm totally gonna see it in the theater, of course. Hell yeah! And I'm gonna see what cliffhangers the movie ends with and how it's connected with the state of the DC EU that's on now because now we have. Two iterations of Joker and two iterations... Well, not one iteration of Batman because Robert Pattinson is now the Batman. And it's open that Ben Affleck has stepped down as Batman. I'm, I'm very frustrated with, with the so-called DCU. Uh, but they make some fantastic cartoons. They do. Here, Ooh, no one can touch them with that. No. <laughs> but here, here's my frustration. Uh, DCU tried to make their own universe like Marvel. Marvel, I'm more of a DC fan, but you have to give, or I have to give Marvel credit because they didn't start out in the middle of it, you know, with these crazy $200 billion movies. They started slow. They started with Iron Man. They built up, they built up, they built up. And after what, 15 years, it's this gigantic thing. DC, you know, started with, uh, the Batman v Superman, trying to Man of Steel. Uh, Batman. Well, yeah, they 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 did Man of Steel, and then they went straight trying to get the Justice League together as fast as possible, and they expected. And once they didn't make the Marvel money, it was considered a failure. But I, I, they were good movies. They were entertaining movies. They were as entertaining as any Marvel movie I've ever seen, if not more to me because I'm more of a DC fan. Yeah. Um, but they, they, maybe like movie society shouldn't have expected them to do Marvel numbers. They should have started out slower. They shouldn't have put all the, all the characters together so fast, in my opinion. Um, and now they're, they're generally dropping some characters, but bringing some back, which that's where I wanted to go to. We don't know the state of Henry Cavill's, uh, supposedly he's out as well. Really? But Wonder Woman is still in and Aquaman is still in. The ones that made the best, the best And and that kind of sucks. And I feel, and Jared Leto's out as Joker as well. Um, which I kind of feel bad about because I think he was he was really good. The brief scenes that he had in um, Suicide Squad, he was really good in it. And I would have liked to seen seen him in more 
you know, to play Joker more, unfortunately, uh, they got to get their shit together. But maybe with the guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy doing the new uh, Suicide Squad sequel, it'll turn around because he he's amazing and he's done my favorite Marvel movies so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hope that that movie, that soft, would you call it a soft reboot? They're calling it a soft reboot because they're bringing back some characters, char- some characters, and then obviously Will Smith is out. And uh, God, thank my God. girl, what what's the girl's name? She played the witch. She was in in that fairy show that we watched with oh, Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne is also out, and most, but I think everyone else is in. I I think the the guy that. The, the pyro guy is out. Oh, yeah, the fire dude. And Killer Croc is out? Yeah, I think so. That's played by... Adowali Akanawi Ajabi. He's so <laughs> handsome. Uh, so we're, we're moving on to yeah. the next trailer we watched. The next trailer is called The Turning, and it's released January 24th, 2020. And the cast includes Mackenzie Davis, Wolford or, I'm sorry, Finn Wolford, Brooklyn Prince, and Mark Huberman. Uh, it's directed by Floria Sigismondi, and she has directed some TV shows such as American Gods, Daredevil, and The Handmaid's Tale. And the synopsis for this movie is that a someone hired is hired to take care of two orphans. A young nanny starts to believe that their country mansion is haunted. When I saw the trailer, I kind of liked it. Uh, the little girl is giving me more of a paranormal vibe than Finn or Finn's character. Finn's character is just giving me an asshole. Yeah. Um, and that's probably going to be like maybe a twist. I don't know. Uh, it reminded me a little of uh, the others. I I got that vibe too. Yeah? Yeah. Um. It looks scary. Uh, I I recognize Mackenzie Davis. That's my girl from Terminator. Yes. Terminator, who was not in Divergent. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Who was it? I I'm no longer allowed to to say her name. <laughs> I'm barred. I have to put a, a dollar in the jar if I say her name. <laughs> good, good boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it looks scary. I don't like. I think I've I've said in the past these aren't the the kind of horror movies that I'm generally into. Um. It's just a lot of uh, like scares, you know what I mean? What's gonna pop out? Pop a out lot of suspense. Next. Those types of twists and turns. Yeah. Those. <gasps> oh, Martha! Know, I which, thought it was you. Which can be good. Uh, I would like to see maybe. I think that was the first teaser trailer, or maybe there'll be a second trailer. I'd like to see another trailer. Yeah, maybe, I think that was trailer number one. And maybe decide in the future, Finn Wolfer. Yeah. We cannot get get away from this kid. No, no, um, we cannot. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I wanted to tell you something. Okay. I read somewhere online. I didn't see the picture, but I want to check it out. Uh, Tom Hardy was wearing a Spider-Man costume. People are insinuating that he's gonna be he's in gonna. Venom. The only thing that I'm uh, I'm worried about is Michelle Williams' screen time. Well, I think if he does Venom, it's gonna be a cameo type thing, like they were they were originally I hope so. gonna do. Um, and if like I'm gonna be, I think I talked about refrigerating female characters. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so pissed off if they kill Michelle Williams off in in Venom too. But I don't think they will because they 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 went in Venom in the first Venom they went 
against the grain of so many superheroes. And I think that's why it was so popular. It was it did so much better than they were, than people were expecting. Um, and and her role as her brief cameo role as she venom was that was such a great such surprise a, and a positive hit by moviegoers so yeah. i hope sony pictures and the people behind the the venom movie get that that note and take that into consideration well w- w- one thing we have to like take in, like you just said taking into consideration in the comics her character uh, becomes she venom briefly murders people and is so distraught and horrified but what she did that she kills herself or something and probably venom becomes or the actor but, venom becomes evil but um in this she in her brief you know appearance as she venom she bit someone's head off mm-hmm. and she came you know the venom left her and in, uh, into tom Hardy. and she's like Oh my gosh! Did I just bite someone's head off? <laughs> like it was, it was meant as a joke, and she, she just, she was okay with it. Yeah. So I hope we don't go that dark, stupid route. I think I, they should. I, I'll be upset if they kill her off. That's all. They'll pull a uh, True Blood where they kept Lafayette in on the show, whereas in the books he died. Spoiler alert. Well, yeah, and and rest in peace. Uh, what was the actor's name? Well, we're we're thinking of you. Oh, where whatever your name. Nelson Ellis. Nelson Ellis. Unfortunately, he passed away. But no, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the turning. What do you think of the turning? Uh, to see in the theater. Do you want to see more of it as well? I would want to see more. That whole spider coming out of uh, Finn's mouth is very cliche for like a horror movie. Yep. Um Get over it. Yep, I agree. And if. I don't know. January seems like a slow a slow movie month. So if we have nothing to do, I don't mind catching it, but yeah, I'll check out a second a second trailer before I make my final decision. All right. And one more one more thing to mention before we go to our our break. Um it's another female director, which is which is great to see. Oh, I am loving all this. It's, all this yeah. female empowerment. Come on, sisters. It's no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's i'm all for women power you know it the fact that they had they they straight up put a woman to do wonder woman to begin with that was huge that that was uh um, and she, great she, she did an amazing job she did just an amazing job and and um, a male director uh, yeah go and read joss whedon's love you joss whedon but go and read his his original wonder woman script <laughs> oh my god On that note, we're going to go ahead and take a break and see if we can come up with the script ourselves. Yep. Uh, Stay tuned for our Joker review. Hey listeners, we want to tell you about Cub Rage. Yes, Cub Rage is the hottest apparel brand we love to wear. They're the company behind our new logo. It's pretty cool, right? These unapologetic Miami-inspired graphic tees bring the colors and personality of the city to your closet. Hand-drawn designs are influenced by the vibrant, rebellious spirit of street art, proud gay culture, and urban style. Coverage is a bear-centric company, so their shirts come with an array of sizes and colors to fit just anybody, no matter your body type. If the tee isn't your thing, they can also personalize their unique artwork on hoodies, tan top, pillows, iPhone cases, and more. And if you have a blimp, maybe they can slap their design on that too. 
Honestly, a funny picture on a tee isn't worth much if the shirt isn't comfy. With their top quality materials, 100% ring spun tees, it goes hand in hand with the unparalleled creativity. You can visit their website at cubrage.com and check out their wide range of products. And we're back. Woohoo! What? What? We we uh, saw Joker. Yes. And we are super excited to to give our review. Just a reminder that this will probably contain a lot of major spoilers. So if you don't want to know, spoiler alert. Um, maybe put us on mute so we don't so we still get the listen <laughs> and finish the episode and listen to it later. Yeah, after you watch the movie. So Joker is in theaters now. It was released uh, two weeks ago. I don't remember the exact date. October fourth. October 4th. The cast includes Joaquin Phoenix, Zazie Beetz, Robert De Niro, Francis Conroy, and Brett Cullen. And it was directed by Todd Phillips, who did The Hangover, A Star is Born, and uh, I'm gonna have a, we're going to have a discussion about him. Yeah. The synopsis is Forever Alone in a Crowd, failed comedian Arthur Fleck is disregarded and mistreated by society. He then embarks on a downward spiral, spiral of revolution as a bloody crime lord. What? Or and bloody crime lord? I okay. don't know. Typo. Let's just put a little asterisk there. <laughs> so, uh... What did you think about it? It was uh, probably exactly what I was expecting. It wasn't, you know, obviously your normal uh, superhero movie. You know, Joker in Batman was always... A nutty, um, crazy person, men- like mental, mentally ill, and this delved into his origin um, is disturbing. Um, what about you, or do you want to get into just the general um, what we saw? The movie I believed was consistent. Uh, something that kind of stood out for me. I thought halfway through the movie it was going to slow down. But it was, as the synopsis that I wrote so well here, uh, <laughs> is that he embarks on a down, downward spiral. And I feel like, you know, as a movie, how it elevates you and suspends you and it gets you higher and excited and excited and excited. Um, it's the opposite. It's taking you down, down into like a person's psyche. and Into it's a person's com- darkness. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it was... Uh... You know, you kind of knew what was coming, but it was a little hard to watch, I guess, because mental illness, you know, is something that society looks so down on, um, and it's hard to help people, you know, because, um, because like I said, people look down on it, and uh, in this case, uh, it should have been caught. You know, and a society failed him and he, well, let's go through the movie. Go ahead. Yeah, but before we get into the movie, uh, there's something that I want to add with what you were trying to say is the movie shines a light of what people don't react properly to mental health or mental illness. I'm sorry. Um, And that's one thing that in society, in real life. We have to take into consideration on how to deal with this and pick up the signs when we know someone is is not doing well. Right. You yeah. know? We we discard people so easily. Um, there's there's so many 
many celebrities, like when I see Kanye West uh, going on a Trump rant, I look at someone with, with a lot of mental illness, you know? <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, and people just hate, hate, I guess. And the same thing with, with Sinead O'Connor, the same thing with Roseanne Barr, the same thing with uh, with Dolores O'Riordan, you know? After a plane attack, it's just another... Uh, or plane attack or a plane incident. Yeah. It was just another spoiled celebrity who... And looking back, it was a gigantic cry for help, you know? And we failed her. We were failing all these people. There's a difference between, you know, a tantrum attack and, like, someone who really needs help. help. And we need to learn how to differentiate from that. Yeah. And as well as learn how to help, how to understand that. Mm -hmm. And I think this this movie sheds a light to that, that part of mental health. Right. So, you know, getting into the movie, we have uh, Arthur Freck or F- Fleck, Fleck uh, who was working as a uh, rent, like, rent, rent a clown, rent a clown. So he like it was kind of like a whorehouse, but for clowns. I mean, obviously, they didn't, they didn't go <laughs> having sex with people. I just came up with a million dollar idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> but no, like uh, they it was like a casting agency for clowns. So they would be sent out for like advertisement jobs for, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and he was attacked and you could see, uh, he was attacked and his sign was stolen. And then he got screamed at, uh, because he didn't bring the sign back and that he was going to have to pay for it. And he's like, why would I steal a sign? You know, yeah. why would I lie about this and steal a sign? Yeah. And you kind of understood where he was coming from. Um, but before we should, we, we, we move on to the rest. Like he, he had some sort of past. He was, he was in a mental institution at some point and he had, I would say it was, uh, what do you call it? Disease where you cuss. Tourette's. It was like Tourette's, but it was laughing. So he couldn't control his laughing. I wouldn't consider that as Tourette's more like just a regular tick. As someone who, when they're nervous, they they laugh or when they... It's not... But isn't Tourette's like a tick? It's like, shit, shit, fuck, fuck. But, yeah, that's like an extreme tick that has its own name called Tourette's syndrome. (laughs) Maybe it is. I don't know. Do you guys think it's Tourette's syndrome? Let us know if you've seen Joker. It's <laughs> like Tourette's is what I said. Um, and he like it, he would uh, start laughing like crazy and he'd have to like hand a card. I'm sorry, my, my laughter isn't how I'm truly feeling. This is a disease, a mental disease that I have, you know. Um, right off the bat from the movie, you, you notice that Arthur has some, some issues. He goes sees a... Uh, a social worker and the social worker, the social worker really does not seem very engaging either. And, uh, and that part too is serious note on, on health, on mental health is, Mm -hmm. is that as well. We have to, you know, get, get the right people treating people, you Mm -hmm. know, it can't just be someone going in for uh, for a paycheck and just to tick a box saying and that I, he's not thinking of murdering people this week. Yay. So Yeah. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely you know, right on that. People that can actually talk to someone and listen to them because obviously that he, he wasn't doing well. Yeah. And, and you can tell 
throughout the movie or throughout the beginning of the movie, he he tried to look at the positiveness of, of life. And he mm-hmm. tries so hard. Like, he... Arthur had to dig deep in places that he never dug before for him to remotely show some type of positive or, or, or happiness because what he was feeling or what, yeah, what he was feeling was all, all negative. Right. Um, and comes the point where he snapped, where he was at a subway and he was coming home on a subway or on a subway not the sandwich shop (laughs) (laughs) he was on a subway and uh this is after he meets zazie beats character which is a neighbor who do you want to get into that uh we can we can get into miss zazie beats and that character after okay Uh, so on the subway we should discuss that he was just fired as well yeah he was just fired because uh the gun that his friend lent him, the, mm-hmm. the one that you mentioned earlier, it fell out of his pocket or his pants in the middle of a children's uh, it was hospital. In, yeah, it was a hospital where he was, you know, being the entertainment, the clown, and it fell out. And he tried to, like, play it off like it was a, a prop gun a or prop. whatever. And then the friend that gave it to him, I, I assume, was trying to save his own ass. And he told his boss that... You know that he was asking about a gun earlier, so yeah, just just in case he said something, he was gonna lie and say that he stole it from him. So there's these three Wall Street guys bothering a girl, throwing French fries at her, and she leaves, and that that makes Arthur nervous and comes out his uncontrollable laugh. Right. So the three Wall Street guys are like, hey, dude, what's up? What's so funny? And they start singing Send in the Clown. Send and the as that keeps going on and on, Arthur's uh, laugh keeps getting even more uncontrollably. Um, and and it that, gets, kind of, that kind of pisses them off. And they and start, jumps him. And they, they start, start beating Arthur. Beating him up, which uh, up. was kind of like when they the kids that stole his sign it was very similar they they just had him on the ground they're just kicking the shit out of him mm-hmm. and he had enough and he got the gun and he shot and killed all three of them so that's when the whole killer clown in gotham started the rumors and and bruce wayne uh, i'm sorry bruce's father uh thomas wayne uh was considering running for mayor right the it, the revolution like in the synopsis it, it was Kind of like a Robin Hood type thing. Like uh, the the poor were so put down by the rich that they saw they they saw the the clown that killed two asshole Wall Street guys as a hero um, for the poor. So it started like this revolution of people wearing clown masks and uh, and protesting and stuff like that. Yeah, so he goes back to the therapist where he realizes uh, or he finds out that the the government is shutting down funds for for social workers and, and help for, for the mentally ill. Another real life scenario that's going on right now. But. And that stops his medication. Whatever medication, even though he just killed someone on the medication, whatever medication he, he, he was on that was keeping him from going even further over the edge was was gonna about to stop yeah and excuse me whoa (laughs) we had chicken guys that (laughs) (laughs) we had chicken guy (laughs) we had guy fieri's chicken guy it sounded like like hey guys we had chicken guys (laughs) 
punctuation is key. Yes. Or, um, yeah. or enunciation in this case. But we did have some chicken we guy. We went back to chicken we guy. We are obsessed. They, just FYI, they don't sponsor this podcast. They liked our tweet. But they liked and they commented it. <laughs> and we love them. And... They're awesome. That was really tasty. Uh, so back to, <laughs> to to the movie review. Um, so she, he gets home and FYI, his mother is is sick. Or not sick, just ailing. She's old. She's not, you know, she's an older lady. And every day she asks Arthur uh, for mail. Has the mail arrived? And right. Uh, she was writing to to Thomas Wayne. She apparently had worked for him, and she kept telling Ar- Arthur that, you know, if he if he only knew that the the squalor that we lived in, he would he would help us out. If he only knew. If he only knew. So he arrives after you know, um, after what happened with the social worker, and he sees one of the letters sealed that she she wanted him to mail and she mm-hmm. she's going off I guess to sleep or whatever. He decides to open it up and come to find out that uh that Thomas that she had an affair with Thomas Wayne and that Arthur was the product of that affair and he so, obviously gets very upset with his mom and it goes from there. He tries to reach out to him. He he goes to Wayne Manor and meets Mr. Uh, or little Bruce Wayne. Little Brucey. A little bit of a disturbing scene there. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, he comes as a guy. My dog is wagging his tail. <laughs> so, I, well, I mean, I'm, it's a great podcast. He's excited about it. <laughs> um, for some reason, out of all the property... In the Wayne Manor, Bruce is right in the front door at the front gate of the house. I would say that was the back gate. Or the back gate? Yeah. Well, he was in the tree house, in the playhouse. You might be right. Um, And he sees Bruce and he lures him to the front of the gate and. He does a couple like. Magic tricks. tricks, Amateur magic magic tricks. Yeah, to lure Bruce closer to him and then. Arthur reaches in and holds Bruce's face. Sticks his fingers be- on each side of his mouth to make him smile. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. That was really weird. And Bruce was just Creepy like. as hell. Okay, this is fine because this is what my dad does to me. <laughs> and then I'm assuming Alfred comes along. They didn't say it was Alfred, but I'm assuming I don't think was that Alfred. was Alfred. That was probably the bo- uh, a security. If it is, then that was Alfred. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, Arthur tells him who he is and who his mother was, and that I'm, I'm Thomas Thomas Wayne's son. I, I I have to meet him, and and. Non or or Alfred tells him, uh, your mother your mother's crazy. Your mother is insane. You know, get the hell out of here. I'm calling the cops or whatever. And, and you know, Tom, Arthur run, runs off. Um. And then you know he gets back and his mother had a stroke or whatever, and they go to the hospital. And this is uh, let's talk about Miss Zazzy Beats right now. Might as well get this out of the way. Yeah. Okay, so Zazie Beetz's character, he sees her on, on an elevator. She kind of makes a, a off-collar joke to him with her hand with and her daughter. And that's it. And then he kind of stalks her. 
And I wasn't too thrilled about this storyline at first because he stalks her and then uh, all of a sudden she knocks on his door and she's all flirtatious. So you're following me, huh? Well, I mean, next time, just ask me out to lunch or, or whatever. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that, that was a little creepy. It was very anti-feminist. It was very like, hey, look, here's here's what could be a strong female. And she's like, oh, I'm attracted to, to a cre- obviously a mentally disturbed person. Now, before you continue, uh, re- revealing who Zazie Beetz was in, in this movie, I thought that she was going to die. Uh, according to the previous podcast that we were reviewing the and that would push the trailer him over. and that was would push him over to snap either him or you predicted something with his mom and we'll get to his mom later but continue right. with Zazzy. So Zazzy, um I didn't like that storyline and I'm like I'm hoping that that something else is revealed with it um and uh they they went on a couple of dates or whatever as it turned out uh, it was all in his head. So later on, we they go through his scenes with her, and then they show that she was never really there. And it was he, all a figment of his imagination. Yeah, and that you know we learned that because he broke into her apartment and she freaked the hell out, and then they revealed it. Um, which thank God because I would be I would not have been happy with that with her. Hey, you're obviously mentally ill. Let's. Let's have sex, you know? That part, I found it very weird. From that part where Arthur imagined him going inside her apartment to have sex. Yeah. I, my first question was, then what's her role? Like, what's her purpose in this whole entire movie? And then it started, you know, like you were saying after we saw it, that it would be giving it a bad rep. For women in general. For women, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad they went with that twist, uh... I kind of like it did cross my mind. Didn't I? I didn't say, "Oh, well, that's what it is." But I, I had a good feeling that that's what it was, and I'm glad that they didn't go that way. And with his mom, are you done with Zazzy? Yes. And with his mom, he took a trip to Arkham Hospital to get some files, which he stole to find out who, who he is from the past. Oh uh, yeah, that was after he actually did confront. Uh, was it Thomas? Thomas Wayne? Is that his name? Yes. He did confront Thomas Wayne. And Thomas Wayne is like, "Your mother's crazy." She adopted you. I, I had nothing to do with your parentage. So then he decided, and that she her that she was committed to Arkham Hospital, and that's when he went to Arkham Hospital. Yes, to just make sure that what he was saying was a lie or was a true or was true. And after he stole the documents, he realized that he realized that it is true that he is adopted, and everything that his mom was telling him through his whole entire life was a complete lie, which well, a lie on top of a lie because she didn't tell him the the Bruce Wayne or the Thomas Wayne thing until yes later. correct, and that would have been weird that Bruce Wayne was his younger brother. Yeah, uh, so I'm glad they didn't go that route either, and. But, he oh, also oh, also he discovered in you know when he discovered that he was adopted he discovered that um that his mother was uh, allowed her boyfriend to um beat beat the crap out of him when he was a kid and chain him to and a chain furnace him, and chain him to a furnace and that's where i likely his mental mental disease came from yes. or that's what pushed him back then mm-hmm. uh, mentally because I you know the adoption thing I was a little iffy about because it made sense that his mother mother had mental issues and yeah. then she would pass it on to him um, 
but they, it was sort of an origin story to basically be tortured and your mother doing nothing about it. And, you know, she was committed and, uh, what, what happened next? He snapped and he, oh, he gets a call from Robert De Niro's show because he Mm -hmm. goes into a comedy club and he completely bombs where he imagines Zazie Beetz there. That's one of his figments of of Zazie. And Robert De Niro, I forgot his his character. Murray. Murray uh, invites him to the show, but to make fun of him. Right. Uh, but before he does, uh, before he does that, um, he goes to the hospital where his mom, who ha- who she had a stroke, is, and kills her, yep. uh, because of all the lies and all the stuff that he she was implementing in him, and then uh, making him completely fucking psychotic. I mean, right. not that he wasn't psychotic before. Um, he goes to the show a week later, all this. Yeah, and in that time he does, uh, he's confronted by um, the guy that lied about him, about giving him the gun, and uh, the little person who... Um, they is... were working together at the clown agency. Yes, he was part of the staff yes. of the clown agency. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, to say I'm sorry, I know. <laughs> Inside joke. Yeah. Uh, Brenda gets it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, he ends up uh, killing killing the guy that lied about him. And while the little person watched, and that was an intense scene when the little person couldn't get out of the apartment because, you know, Arthur's like, just leave, just you can go. I'm, you were nice to me. But the little person couldn't get out because he couldn't reach the chain on the door. Yeah. And, of course, the audience laughed, which wasn't really a funny scene. It was intense. There were some parts where people were laughing. And then in my mind, I'm like, this is like real life. This could be real life mental scenario. A lot of it, I think maybe people were laughing because they were uncomfortable. Because there were scenes where I laughed, too. Well, there were were some funny scenes. Well, yeah. Um, But... I, maybe just it was just un, discomfort, um, and it was an intense scene because I honestly didn't think that Arthur would let him go, you know. And then I were, thought he was gonna, gonna pick him. him up by his leg and fling fling him across the the room. I'm glad he didn't. That would have been awful. <laughs> would have been awful. So or, he survives. Uh, yay! And he, he tells the police, of course. So the police are after him. Yeah. And this is when he he was getting ready for. For the show to go on, uh, the um, more the Murray show, uh, live Robert with, De Niro show, yeah, and his whole plan was he was gonna shoot himself. He kept reenacting it right. over and over, walking again, out and and pretending himself. in his living room, pretending that he was out there, and he sits and greets uh, Mr. Murray, Murray, yep, and I think that's when he puts all his feelings on the table and live. Right. On his show. He basically admits that he, Killed he had the... murdered the, the Wall Street guys. And, you know, instead of going to break like any normal person would, I guess Murray decided to, to keep it going. Because it it's live, all right? about the ratings. Or something. And Hollywood. He, um, he basically sits back and he's like, you basically asked me to come here to make fun of me, you know? Which... He, he t- Murray spoke to him before they went on and you could tell the guy had mental illness. So he yeah. was being exploited 
Maury took him on there to exploit him, you mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. They probably should have used a metal detector on him before, you know, they decided to make more fun of him. Um, but he he had a... It was an intent... That was another intense scene. And he ended up... What did he end up doing? He ended up uh, shooting Murray in the head. And uh, everyone runs out. And then he looks at him again and shoots him two, two more times. And he just danced a little bit on stage. And he goes up to the one of the TV cameras. Or, yeah, the TV cameras. And he starts... Uh, I don't think he says anything. That's when they cut off. But later on, you, you see him on the camera, and that's when he was tackled. Yeah. So he's arrested, and a rev- the revolution, the clown revolution is going on. There's against, a huge riot going on because... rich people. Of rich people, exactly. and... Uh, class, class clashes. Clashes of class. Clashes yeah. of class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and he is taken to jail and he's in the backseat and he is absolutely in awe about what's going on. And he is realizing that he caused this and this is something grand for him. You know, he knows that he is becoming some sort of a living martyr. Yeah. Um, and that's when an ambulance hits the police car and it's basically other clowns that he had inspired they they get him out he's obviously hurt from the car accident and they put him on the the roof of the car he he gets up and then he starts dancing it's it's well there's a part where i really like where he he puts his fingers in his mouth and he sees that it's blood oh and he goes and he wipes it on his face as a form of a smile yeah um and thus I guess right there is the scene that Joker is born because I don't think he was born in the Murray show when he is introduced as Joker. I think that's where he he was born. Right, or the the legend of Joker. He was like something bigger than what he actually was because he didn't care about starting any revolution. No, he said it directly. He's he's just you know he's just nuts. Yeah. Um, but he was just and his whole purpose was I'm sorry to interrupt you was, uh. That he, no one listens to him. Mm-hmm. Even in on the show of Murray, he's like, you guys don't listen. Mm-hmm. And what happens with, what happened with the three uh, Wall Street, you guys are crying over him, over them. But what happens with me? And if I die in the street, y'all would just walk all over me. Yeah, walk right past it. And... It, it, he points that out. And that's what the revolution starts. Uh, well, not the revolution, but his his own personal purpose of this. And he's he's not necessarily the Joker. I, I did quotation marks, uh, but I think he he's the inspiration of of a Joker, which I think I didn't complete uh, Gotham, but I think that that's what they were getting at because they had a character that that was like a Joker inspiration, you know, type thing. So he. Um, so one of, one of his cronies ended up, uh, seeing Thomas and Martha Wayne with Bruce Wayne outside running out of the theater during the revolution and he chased them down and murdered them. And that was the beginning of You're Bruce right. Wayne. And you're absolutely right. I just had my bl- mind blown because 
I was really not upset, but really like, hmm, why didn't Joaquin Phoenix kill Thomas and Martha Wayne? Because that was he basically did. He was the inspiration. And he to basically do it. did. So it wasn't like, I guess at that moment, Bruce Wayne might think that that's Joker. Whether their path will probably cross, will probably know, will cross later down both of their life. And really, in all the Batman movies and iterations, that could have been Joker. Like, yeah. It was someone who murdered his parents. It could be Joker. It could be anyone else. They were wearing a mask. I don't think they ever and really. I, reveal who killed, killed I, his parents. I absolutely understand now why they didn't use Arthur or the Joker to kill it. It was the the spirit of Joker. I'm pointing to a Joker. Oh, hey. There's Joker. A, a Joker artwork here in our recording slash game room. The studio. So now that we review, we talked about it personally. What do you think about the movie as a whole? Did it did it meet your expectation? Did you like it? It was. I liked it. It was exactly what I was expecting from the trailer. Um, it was kind of hard to watch at times to watch someone descend into their mental illness and uh, the, a lot of uncomfortable scenes, uh, but. It, w- it was entertaining, and I'm, you know, I'm glad we watched it. What about you? I think that it is a movie. I think that this is a movie. <laughs> it was a movie. <laughs> I think this is a film that should really be shown in order to prevent mental health or mental disease. I'm sorry, not to prevent mental health. Understand. To I understand mental disease. I, I see this film in, like college and university classes um so they can do a thesis on mental health i want to say it it's not i wouldn't say would i say it's a superhero movie or a super villain movie not yet i would say it was an origin i would say it's an origin of a villain but i wouldn't label it as a super villain or superhero movie but i would Actually, I would consider this as like an educational film for mental health. That's the only thing that stood out for me is the lack of support Arthur got and the reason why he he turned out this way. Yeah, and I wouldn't and I wouldn't go as far as saying that or giving people that murder you know others. Is a it pass. correct? Is it justification never, never, to ever anything? Say that and be no. like, oh well, look at this poor white kid that shot up a movie theater. We failed him. It's like, well, you know, people did fail him, but he did shoot up a movie theater. Correct. <laughs> let's, so let's not give them any passes. But we do, we we do need to recognize it and try to help them. You know, before they before they go over the edge, not be like, oh my gosh, poor white boy. Because let's be honest, it's usually white boys or white men. Yeah, I don't want to use what I, my review as a justification to anything. There's, yeah. Um, but it is a a very good film. I don't think it deserves a eight minute standing ovation. Yeah, um, like any applause at all. Like they they did clap at the end of our movie. Or some people did. And I'm yeah. like, this isn't the kind of movie you clap at. at it was a little, it's a little um, dark. But I meant it in the sense of like the the cinematography or the film. Was it that fantastic to get an eight minute standing ovation? 
I wouldn't consider it, but it is a very, very good movie. I've never given a movie an, an ovation, standing or otherwise. But well, I might have clapped. I would, I would suggest to go see it um, in order for you to, to understand basically mostly what I'm trying to implement here hard is just mental mental health and and ways you can you can help those that have the mental disease right all right uh so how many stars would you give it uh i would give it a good 3.9 all right i'd give it 4.4 that's pretty solid i liked it yeah all right so we're done with the review I I'm I'm feeling good about it. Are we it. chugging on over Mo- to moving on to new movies or new DVDs and music this week? Yes. Uh, Annabelle comes home, which I haven't seen any of the Annabelle movies. I'm glad that we haven't <laughs> seen it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Midsummer, which uh, I we we do need to see because it it's from the director of Witch, right? Which you really liked. I'm not sure, but I heard some good reviews on that. I movie. think it's from the Witch guy. Um, and Toy Story 4, which we did see. What did, what generally, what did you think of Toy Story 4? I wasn't impressed, very indifferent. It was, sometimes you just gotta learn when to stop. Yeah, when it ends. Because I thought, I that's, thought Toy Story 3 was a fantastic ending. And yeah, this is just and a, that's a it. On. It was entertaining, but, Or, eh. <laughs> it would have been awesome if they just did a different Toy Story. Yeah, with a different person or a different child. They should have. Doesn't have to be necessarily tied always to Woody and and Buzz, which I probably think that now what they're going to poop out is (laughs) spin offs with Woody and and Bo Peep. Yeah, or and the other characters. Or the other characters back back at the little girl's house. What? uh, New music uh, that came out October 11th, Friday? Is that Friday? I don't know what day it yeah. is. I never know what day it is. Little Kim released Nine, which I think you told me is like our first new album in 20-something years. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, Lightning Bolt released Sonic Citadel. I don't know who Lightning Bolt is. Uh, and Big Thief released Two Hands. Also not not familiar with Big Thief. Um, all right. It's time for me to stump Riz with well, Six Degrees. Not of... yet. Oh, Not sorry. yet. We have some cool things that we want to talk about since we're still on the topic of music oh record store day that's right they announced the the list for the black friday version of record store day uh our first record store day was four or five years ago when we went to get the the um was it sandro john malkovich uh, alexandrakis it was like john malkovich reading this uh shakespearean Shakespearean poem. poem Uh, over and over again, but it was produced by a different musical artist. Each one was produced by a different musical artist. I think there's 14 songs, and it was only released on LP, and one of them was produced, and and, uh, she sings in it, or she she doesn't sing, she kind of yodels, or... Uh, by Dolores O'Riordan, by the late Dolores O'Riordan. It was released 2015, I believe, so it was four years ago. Yeah, I remember that. That was my first record store day, you know, Dolores O'Riordan, only person I would get up that early for something <laughs> so freaking weird. And I remember buying that and there was, I think, a woman in a wheelchair and she asked, oh, what are you getting? And I kind of explained it to her and she she's like, I'm going to wheel over here. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, go over here. I'm going to be over here. But it, it is really cool. And if you're ever here, uh, I'll put it on for you. 
It's like that. The at least the Dolores O'Riordan track, and there's there's a few others that I like. I don't get it. It's it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And um, we've been going to Record Store Day ever since, and we're gonna go this year because we're looking forward to picking up Tank and the Bangas uh, vinyl right. on Record Store Day. The because you got the original the live one last time. This one is two, live two years too. ago, and this it's is the, this is the second the second version or the second one yeah. in that series. Tank and the Bangas for me are one of my top five favorite favorite artists, and I will be one of those people waking up early to pick it up. Was there Sweet. anything that st- yeah. stuck out to you? Nothing. Well, nothing on the U.S. list stuck out. Um, there was. All of a sudden, news. Okay, the the I was talking about the like like a puppet show record that we went to the John Malkovich thing. Uh, the guy Eric Alexdranakis has a band called Electrons, and he recorded songs with Dolores O'Riordan years ago from the Cranberries. Um, and he'd been trying to release it for so long. And he kept saying maybe, or like over the last year, he kept saying maybe this record store day and there'd be like little, little hints somewhere like here and there. And on the Canadian record store day site, it was listed electrons and it, and it said electrons and then in quotations, Eric Alexandrakis and Dolores O'Riordan. So this was it. Didn't say any track listing, but this was it, you know, but only in Canada. (laughs) And I'm like... I'm sitting there doing web searches. I'm like, oh, they're going to come out here. What's going on? Uh, so the guy, Eric Alexandrakis, ended up putting on Facebook, actually, no, this is a mistake. It's, it's not coming out yet, but it's soon. It's not yet, but soon. And um, I know, I you know, I, I have him on Facebook, and I know that he's from this area, you know? So I kind of wanted... A response so I tried to like think of a way to put it where he would say hey let what me respond to this guy is an obvious and not creepy way to just say <laughs> you so, over here so I'm like well I know he's from my area so I'm gonna be like oh my very which was true my very first record store day I went to pick up your you know the record like like a puppet show at sweat records and he did answer. He's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm from, from Coral Gables or no whatever. No way, no kidding. Um, and I know Sweat Records. And, it, <laughs> and this will definitely be released in the U.S. when it does get released. Awesome. So, well, that's um, reassuring for you. That, yeah, I'm excited to hear it. He he kind of low-key released a clip from it on his Instagram, which a lot of Cranberry fans don't know of, where it sounded like Dolores O'Riordan was singing French. Uh, oh wow! So it's, that's interesting. It's on the memory card of my own phone, my old phone. So I have to like go find that. Uh, that's pretty cool. So, uh, but we'll definitely be getting up the day after Thanksgiving to get the tank of the mangas. And we'll tell you how it is. We'll take some pictures and post it on our Instagram. All right. So now it's time for me to try to stump Riz with six degrees of separation. Yes, go for it. Well, Riz, today I'm going to do. Patrick Stewart with Abigail Breslin. Oh, okay. Patrick Stewart was with... Um, let's see. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on. I'm so good at this. Um, Patrick Stewart was... There's a lot of confused in, listeners right now. <laughs> lit- Augie. Uh, Patrick Stewart was in the X-Men franchise with... 
um, Halle Berry, who was in... Where was Halle Berry in? Um, Not as easy as it sounds, does it? Hold up. (laughs) Patrick Stewart was in the move in the show um okay listen hold on mm, Patrick Stewart was in look I got it okay oh, then go for it Patrick Stewart was in the X-Men movies with Hugh Jackman who was oh in God. what happened go for it no oh. <laughs> Hugh Jackman was in uh the Greatest Showman with Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams was in Venom with Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson is in the Zombieland films with Abigail Breslin. Wow. You're welcome. Anyways. Riz. Anyways, Riz. <laughs> so how about uh, your fact of the week? Yes. Uh, today or this week's fact of the week is that Titanic was the first film to be released on video while it was still being aired or premiered in the theater. I believe it. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's the fact of the week. And you can do whatever you want with it because it is not mine. It is James Cameron's. He spent a lot of money to get a submarine and basically claim it is his. This is mine. (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. That's all we have for you here at Press Play with Augie and Riz. Thanks for hanging out with us, and please follow and subscribe to our podcast, and we'll continue to make funny, weird, awkward content for you guys, gals, and pals. Oh, and don't forget to email us at gopressplay2 at gmail.com. That's gopressplay, the number two, at gmail.com. Or send us a DM via Instagram at pressplayar. On any suggestions or recommendations on what to review and talk about on our show. We'll kick, we'll kick it with you next week here at Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.